a few days ago we did a post on being a Berean, the idea of um, you know taken from Acts seventeen eleven, where those uh, where Paul is is preaching to those in in Berea, and those Jews in Berea were uh, of more noble character, it says, than those Jews in Thessalonica. And Thessalonica was a good church, by the way, so it's really saying something about the Bereans in that they received uh, the things that Paul said with the teaching with all readiness of heart, but they also checked these things against the scripture to make sure whether they were so. And so they took the, the proper biblical uh, response to hearing the teaching and making sure that it was solid and consistent compared to what God had said already in the scripture. The scripture is always our guide uh, to testing teachers today. We would do well to, to practice that same thing. So that said, a question comes up um, in regard to the, the idea of judging or critiquing biblically. Um, uh, how, how might we differentiate that from being uh, judging toward condemnation, but rather judging properly in regard to a teacher's not only teaching the, the, the scripture they're saying and all that, but maybe do we also have a responsibility to look for look for uh, evidence in a teacher's life that uh, that that you know would be reflective of their calling um, let me say this <coughs> that on the one hand uh, in regard to the difference between biblical exercising biblical judgment or being judgmental critical to the point of condemnation um, there is a difference between those two things clearly one is a biblical mandate that that reflects wisdom and maturity in Christ we don't just receive things uh, without checking to make sure. And as we come to know the word more, as we grow in our faith, this becomes much more natural and easy for us to do because we are students of the word. And so um, we have a biblically informed discernment that when someone says something that's awry, that we kind of recognize that, or maybe uh, you know we affirm it because we are aware of what the scripture says on that subject. This is an ongoing uh, exercise toward maturity in the life of a believer. The opposite of that would be just receiving what somebody says because they speak authoritatively and we don't want to question, um, you know, in an extreme case, you know, some faith teachers say you're not supposed to touch the Lord's anointed or and what they mean by that is critique the Lord's anointed. Well, that's a highly unbiblical mindset to take. We ought to absolutely critique the Lord's anointed and make sure that what the uh, what that teacher is saying is true. That's what Acts 17.11 tells us. So, but there is there is the potential also to become judgmental or critical to the point of condemning uh, people and that that is what I'm talking about is something that is born sort of of a personality and the spirit of the critiquer um, maybe we are critical by nature and so therefore we're always looking for something that we can critique or that we can point out that's a that's a hairy area isn't it because we on the one hand do well to utilize biblical judgment and biblical critique, but we also don't really want to be critical spirited, right? And so there is kind of a, there's a breaking point in between those two ideas. I guess I would say this to start um, and beginning to sort of respond to this idea. Um, it, I, I, would, I think it's, you want to be careful not to sort of relish in the title fruit inspector. We ought to inspect fruit, don't get me wrong. Jesus said you can tell a tree by its fruit. Well, the only way you can tell a tree by its fruit is if in fact you're inspecting it. But but there is something about the idea of somebody who loves to be a fruit inspector and just looks for anything they can, uh, you know, um, sort of just really has a critical spirit in that. Um, you have every right to, 
to inspect the fruit of what I'm saying right now and in connection with the question that's being asked, to even inspect my life and see if uh, if there is inconsistency between where the way I'm living and 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 uh, and what I'm saying, you know. So uh, someone once said that um, uh, truth is where the word and the deed become one. I think that was a uh, on a practical level, a kind of a nice way to define that. But uh, again, on the one hand, we don't want to approach with a critical spirit, ever looking for every possible thing wrong that we can, because truth be told, if somebody did that in our lives, we would certainly want to have some grace because there's an explanation behind why we maybe arrived at a certain thing or whatever. I'm not talking about theology. I'm just saying looking at a person's life right now. Uh, Paul himself said, you know, wretched man that I am, right? The idea that I don't do the things I know I should do and I find myself not doing the things that I are doing things that I shouldn't and all that kind of thing. And so, and that, that's Paul, you know, again, like somewhere around 30 years into his Christian life, writer of the third of the New Testament, even he would recognize, like, you know, if you looked at every part of my life, you would clearly find fruit, uh, bad fruit there that you'd want to critique. So, or that would be evident. And so, where does, how do we approach Bible teachers and applying a proper biblical judgment not only to their teaching, but also to their lives. I mean, after all, you know, um, James tells us that we shouldn't seek to quickly, you know, to be teachers. We shouldn't be too hasty about the idea of trying to be a teacher because there's a stricter judgment upon us. That's a frightening thought, and I take it very much to heart. Um, and so, in concert with that, Paul tells Timothy that in, in regard to appointing elders, not to be too hasty and, and not to uh, not to lay hands on a novice or somebody who's a young believer or who's relatively new to the faith. You don't want to appoint such a one to a position of leadership, uh, certainly eldership, um, because there is maturity that has yet to be developed. There's not only an understanding of the word that has to be cultivated, but even a person's life. There has to be a, uh, you know, the idea of, of growing in wisdom and growing in maturity. And so, you know, when it comes to the idea of considering the life of a teacher in as well as their teaching itself, I think that's a proper approach. Um, you know, in our old church, um, when I was uh, uh, first laid hands on and prayed for to become a pastor, when I was uh, ordained, uh, a friend of mine and I who were ordained the same day, um, the pastor of our church, uh, a week prior to that ordination, um, had told the, the church that they were planning to ordain us uh, they put us up in front of the congregation and they said, um, you know, if anyone has any reasons that they know of, moral failings or anything like that, um, that maybe the leadership of the church was not currently aware of about us, myself and my friend, um, that they should let the elders know, the, the pastors know in the church, and uh, if there was something that disqualified us for that uh, ordination, then they should be made aware of that. And so the church had a week to go ahead and look back, think about it, consider us, and then if no objections were raised to that, then we were ordained the next week. I thought that was wise. I thought that, uh, and, and the longer I've been in ministry, the more sense that's made. And we've ordained our pastors. We've uh, we've done the same thing. So, um, and so it just, you know, there there ought to clearly be. Uh, well, the the expectation of perfection is unrealistic in anybody. Um, there certainly ought to be a life that is lived above reproach. You know, uh, Paul tells Timothy the qualifications for an elder. You know, the idea of not being able to give too much wine, temper in all things, not one who's 
uh, who's prone to fighting, just all these different things that he mentions. Of course, between Timothy and Titus, we uh, Paul's instruction gives us a good idea of what we ought to be looking for in regard to teachers. So, and it goes far beyond just the teaching itself. I mean, clearly the scriptures teach a lot about be wearing false teachers. You know, Paul speaks a great deal about this. First Timothy four, Second Timothy four, Second Peter two, Jude. I mean, just to name a few places, Galatians, uh, Paul says, if I become your enemy because I tell you the truth, the idea is that there are false teachers out there and I'm being straightforward enough with you to make sure I tell you the truth so you don't fall for some of these things, legalism in particular. Uh, that's appropriate. But also the call upon a man's life means that their life should fit a certain level of qualification, uh, short of which disqualification is appropriate. And so... Um, now, of course, in the first century, it's probably worth mentioning the history of this. In the first century, pastors of churches, elders within uh, bodies of believers, were often the very first target of persecutors, whether it be the, the Roman government or whether it would just be um, teachers propagating other beliefs. Uh, they would often go after the pastor in order to disqualify him because, as it says in places like... Um, uh, oh, what is it, Ezekiel 34? You know, if you strike the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. Um, and so therefore, you know, in that passage, there's there's great uh, teaching about a spiritual leader and what's to expect of a shepherd and that kind of thing. Well, Paul and and, uh, uh, and such, you know, that same kind of thing is, <coughs> is brought to bear in the New Testament. And the reason being is that um, the, the place of influence that a leader within a body of believers has is oftentimes profound and is certainly as as called by God intended uh, to be an example not only in word but also in deed and that's something that those of us who have been called into that ministry have to take seriously we can't just we can't just love teaching the Bible we can't just love being in front of people and, and talking uh, God forbid that that's your motivation as a pastor um, that's that's not what you want um, and so if you're going to if, if God has put a call upon our lives for that purpose, then there must be um, there must be a consistency in in a life lived out for Jesus that then gives added heft to the teaching that proceeds from that person. Um, of course, anyone who sees a dichotomy between uh, what a what a, a, a preacher, a pastor, a teacher would say and the way that they live, that disparity becomes evident and it causes confusion among the hearer. And, and worse, it may, even, uh, it may even convince them that it's okay to believe a certain way but live another way. Uh, there ought to be an expected consistency between the word and the deed in the life of a, of a pastor and, and of a home Bible study teacher, uh, even deacons, you know, those who are not necessarily called as elders in the church but are, are those that would, today we would essentially, you know, uh, deacons would be people that head up various ministries or, or play uh, f uh, uh, focal roles in the church where they're visible. Um, even in that situation, I would say that there's, there's good reason why Paul talks about a deacon, you know, the way that they're also supposed to be above reproach in so many ways. Uh, because those who ultimately are, are helping to, um, are helping to conduct business in the house of God uh, which is the ground and pillar of truth. Uh, we want to make sure that we're above board in all things. And so, um, so to answer the question about, you know, what do we look for and, and is it proper to look for and even to judge, um, excuse me, the, um, uh, 
the life of a leader, a teacher in a Bible study, pastor in a church, deacon, whatever it might be? The answer is yes. We ought never, as a rule of thumb, be judgmental. That's true for all believers. We ought never be critical spirited. Um, but that, that's not to say that we should not apply good, a good biblical, a biblically rooted critique of a person's life and their teaching, especially if they're in leadership. Um, you know, when I was a young teacher, um, there was a lot to critique about my teaching because I was, I, I, you know, I had grown to that point as a Bible teacher, but, um, but at the same time, you know, I was still a, a relatively young Bible teacher. I was not 30 years in, you know, and that kind of thing. So it was appropriate for people to, you know, if they had questions, uh, and it's appropriate now, by the way, if, if people question what I'm saying, that's right, that's good. Uh, it's if, if maybe I, uh, if I misspoke or, or for that matter, if, if I were to misunderstand something and, and say something really out of turn in that regard, uh, nobody should feel that, that, that I can't be questioned. That's, that's, that there's a point at which that, that's always true. Um, and so just make sure that when we do that, we're exercising it from a biblical perspective and not just because we're critical hearted. Um, grace is always something that needs to be applied and given even to leaders. Um, um, as a matter of fact, it is uh, interesting that Paul, in pretty much all of his letters, says grace and peace at the outset of his letters. When he writes to Timothy, he says grace, peace, and mercy. Uh, he adds mercy in there uh, because leaders, boy, I'll tell you, leaders uh, sure appreciate mercy when it's given. So um, just, just a thought, just a thought. And I guess to close up, if I can just speak candidly for a moment, just my own personal, uh, some thoughts personally on this as I was kind of thinking about this question. Um, anyone who has influence in a person's life, whether it's a home Bible study teacher, a, a podcast, uh, somebody who posts podcasts, I'm hesitant to call myself a podcaster, but somebody who posts online or, or a, a pastor teacher, you know, um, the, the, the role that, that we have of influence in a person's life, again, can be profound and I think needs to be taken very, very seriously. Um, that's a sacred trust that, that ought never be violated. Um, and in order to be consistent with that, it's important to me personally that not only do I apply myself to the study of the Word of God for teaching it, again, James, Paul, with Timothy, just, you know, we we apply ourselves in that way. But I do think it's important as well that when you see me outside of the pulpit or uh, outside of any teaching thing that I'm doing, and you just see me at the grocery store, or you bump into me, um, you know, uh, just on the street somewhere, you know, you should be able to know that if you observe me for a little while, that you're going to see somebody that is consistent in their life with Christ. I would hope that you wouldn't, you know, be okay if you saw me berating a waiter or, um, or if you saw me sitting at a bar tying a few on or something like you should have a problem with that. And that's okay. That's not being judgmental. That is taking a look at someone's life. Now, is it possible that I just really had an awful day and I went off on the waiter? Yeah, it's possible. It's still wrong, but you know, maybe that that's not what I normally do. But just that day, I just was really upset for some reason. Well, that's still wrong, and you would you you'd have a right to maybe ask me about that. 
Um, I don't think it's ever right for a pastor to go into a bar and tie a few on. I think that's always a bad thing. But, but you know, there you ought to be able to expect a certain consistency in my life, whether I'm in the pulpit or out of the pulpit. There should there shouldn't be a difference uh, between those two things. And so, um, so I guess I would just say that uh, someone who's in that position ought to have a sense of just how valuable that influence that they have been privileged to have in a person's life really is. Uh, it is no small thing that you all watch this or listen to this uh, and that you give me an opportunity to take a half an hour of your day and and share with you. It, it's like if I start getting casual about that and just start using it as a platform to promote myself or I start teaching something weird, you should go find someone else to listen to and you should you should send me a note and say, what happened to you? You know. We ought to recognize that it is a, a real privilege to have the opportunity to, to bring God's word, to talk about things from a biblical perspective and have some influence or import into your life. Um, and so I think that whatever role someone may have, home Bible study teacher, whatever it might be, that's, that's, that's an underlying thing that should be there. And of course, if that's, if that's true, if we have that mindset, then, then you know, putting putting in the time and effort to study for a Bible study and and all that kind of thing um, will naturally follow. And I think it's right for those who listen and those who would sit under that teaching or you know under that person's influence uh, or even authority if they're in a pastoral role or something. You know, in that in that you know, insofar as biblical authority goes, um, they have a right to to look at us and to question and to make sure that that consistency is there. And that's not being judgmental that's applying proper judgment. And so um, one last story that uh, had a profound impact on me. Uh, this was early in my my um, <coughs> my history of teaching the Bible. I was teaching a home Bible study. And uh, uh, this home Bible study had gone on for a number of years uh, before we finally uh, actually were called to come down to Tennessee. And um, But at one point, kind of early on in the home Bible study, um, uh, we were going through the book of Hebrews, which uh, has always been one of my favorite books. And, uh, and I was working full time as well. And, and there was a couple of weeks in a row where I was just so busy with work that I just didn't have the time to put into the Bible study uh, what I knew it deserved and, and what I normally would put into a Bible study. Um, even then, you know, I, I, I knew the importance of studying. But there was a couple of weeks, to one, more than one. I think it was two weeks. I don't think it was more than that. But... But, and, and there was a couple of folks in the Bible study that were really, really biblically astute, like real students of scripture. And they, and one, and one guy in particular, a very, very dear friend, um, um, and I, uh, I, I so appreciated, A, that he knew he could tell me this, but secondly, that he, that he did tell me. He pulled me aside after that, uh, that study, one, one of those two studies, the, the, the later of the two studies. And uh, he said, hey man, you know, you can't wing this. You know, this is important what you're doing. And, and he was really direct and a dear friend um, and uh, um, kind, of a, kind of a big brother kind of figure at the time in a way. And, um, and he said, look, man, you can't wing this. You have to, you got to make sure you're prepared. This is important what you're doing. You know, there's about 15 people in the Bible study. I mean, it was, you know, for a home Bible study, I was, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I wasn't just talking to myself. I mean, people were coming, you know, and and uh, and I remember thinking, you know, my first thought was like, man, I'm not winging it. I'm just doing the best I can. But but it was a it was a really important push because working full time and 
and being unprepared for a Bible study was no excuse. And I'm sorry for those who maybe are teaching home Bible studies and you're doing the best you can with the time you have. But let me encourage you, as, as I felt encouraged from that in retrospect, that when we teach the Word of God, it really does require of us ample time to prepare and to study. Um, and if you come to a Bible, and, and there are times when maybe you're called upon to do something unexpected, or you know, you're called to teach unexpectedly, and, uh, and maybe you didn't have time to prepare for that subject like you maybe would have. I, I, I do believe in the Holy Spirit carrying us through and using those times and, 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 and such. But when you're teaching a Bible study as a consistent thing, you know on Wednesday night or Thursday night you've got your home group and you're going to be teaching it. Um, and you know that's that's what's going on. This is what I do on Wednesday nights, Thursday, whatever that is. You know, you have to make sure that you spend the time that is necessary to teach that passage or as much of the passage as you can uh, teach well for that week. Uh, there's no rule that says you have to go through a whole chapter. There's no rule that says you have to finish your whole Bible study in one week. Um, if you can only study for part of it and study thoroughly for it, then just teach that part. Then save the next part for next week when you've got time to get into that. But, um, but, you know, again, I, I had done the best I could with my time, but it still didn't come off like I prepared. And so I thought, you know what, uh, I'm not going to be offended by that. I'm actually going to receive that and I'm going to apply myself. And I'll tell you what, it, uh, uh, I have never since approached a Bible study um, unprepared. Um, and I mean that, it's like, I'm not just saying that. That, that. that was a moment where the Lord made sure that I understood a point he wanted me to get. So. Um, so I don't mean that to sound harsh or whatever, but just recognize the high privilege and calling that you have as a Bible study teacher. It is no small thing to handle the Word of God, and that's why James says, don't, don't, uh, don't be quick to try and be a teacher because you have a far greater and justified scrutiny, by the way, upon you uh, in that role. And so uh, I hope that helps. I hope that lends a little bit of insight. Um, um, but uh, in any case, if you have any thoughts, questions, or comments, uh, feel free to share them. Um, in the uh, comment section below on our YouTube channel. You can always email me at info at calvarychapelfranklin.com. And, um, and thanks again, as always. I so appreciate it. And again, I consider it a, uh, really a sacred thing that, that you all would uh, take a minute to tune in, and, or lots of minutes, as I'm not very short-winded. But um, I do appreciate this opportunity to, to, to share these things, and I do hope you find them helpful. So, um, Father, we just thank you and praise you for the goodness that you show us. Lord, you, we know in your word that you could use a donkey, you could use rocks, uh, you could, you know, you could use anything in your creation to accomplish your purposes. You could use angels to do the work that you've, um, that you've, uh, that you've called us to. But for some reason, uh, you and in your grace and patience and such have, have counted, uh, have counted us worthy to be in the ministry. And um, so help us to never take that for granted or to think it a light thing. Help us to never, um, you know, take for granted that uh, that calling. But um, and, and for those who are sitting under the teaching of, of any, whether it's a home group or, or any setting whatsoever, uh, I pray, Lord, that uh, that all of us, whoever find ourselves sitting in that situation, would would never be critical spirited, but we'd also never relinquish our responsibility to to biblically discern. Uh, whether or not something is correct in the teaching or or even to question if someone's character is not really living up to uh, You know matching up to the um, The role that they're playing as a teacher in that 
these are legitimate things for us to consider. And I just pray for those of us who are in that role that we would take that very much to heart and do our best to live, uh, you know, walk in the spirit and to live consistently in our, in our, uh, in our faith as, 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 as much as in our teaching. And uh, Father, for those who are listening, help them to, uh, to hold us to that standard and not to, not to feel as though it's okay for there to be a contradiction between life and teaching. So we thank you, Lord. We praise you and bless you. And we ask that, Lord, you would just help us in these things in Jesus' name.